Hello, and welcome to Working Girls, a podcast celebrating historical women, past and present, by telling their stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because history should make us uncomfortable, not complacent. I'm Nikki, resident historian, dog mom, and full-time RVer. Hi, and I'm Dina. I'm a log for the ride, but not in the RV. I'm the mom of two daughters, a son, and a terror of a dog. I'm a working girl that's a certified master of career service and a lifelong friend to Nikki. Hello, and welcome to Working Girls, a podcast celebrating historical women past and present by telling their stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because history should make us uncomfortable, not complacent. I'm Nikki, resident historian, dog mom, and full-time RVer. And I'm Dina, and I'm along for the ride, though not in the RV. (laughs) I'm the mom of two daughters and a son and a terror of a dog. I'm a working girl and a certified master of career services and a lifelong friend of Nikki. Lifelong friends. Uh, Yeah, we've been doing this for, I'm not gonna say how many years, I'll just say that we've known each other since you were 13 and I was 14. Yes, yes. I had just moved from Hawaii to Pennsylvania. Yes. Culture shock. Very cold for you. (laughs) Yes. I seem to remember a bunch of you running around in shorts and sweatshirts. And I think I was in a parka. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. In September. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. sense. I think we've been um, we've been really blessed though because we have been able to stay very close to um, our our high school group of friends, um, and you don't see that a lot. I think with women's friendships, they you, you they kind of tend to fizzle out. You move on. There, it doesn't seem that there's a lot of um, fostering the longevity of those relationships. So I think we've been pretty blessed. So, but we also put in the effort in the well, yeah, and especially since you think we were before social media. Oh, yes. Oh, see, now you're aging us. But, uh, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but, yes. yeah, yeah, we were, Lots. oh, my gosh, we were uh, we were pen pals with actual snail mail, pen and paper. Um, lots and lots of letters. Some letters, yeah, because, uh, Dina, you moved away from us. Uh, oh, my gosh, our senior year of high school, right? No, junior year of high school. Junior year of high school, right before Halloween. That's right. Yep. So we, uh, yeah, immediately started the letter writing campaign. And uh, <laughs> that's how we kept in touch because long distance was expensive. <laughs> you couldn't just pick up the phone and call. Yes. And, oh, my gosh, I remember. remember? I, I remember when, um, when we got email and it was like, oh, my God, we can send emails anytime we want. And it was insane. It was amazing. <laughs> yes. But we, we put in the hard work to, to, um, to keep our friendships. So, and I, I think that's important. We were the original hashtaggers. Do you remember ending every letter L Y L S? Yes. Love you like a sis. Yes. yes. <laughs> original hashtaggers. We were, we were the OG. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> Um, but it, that that brings us to um, 
that brings us to kind of what our, our little podcast here is about. And it's about, uh, it's about telling women's stories and um, telling history through the lens of the women who have lived it. And that's past women, that's present women, because, you know, I mean, honestly, we are living history now as we speak. Um, yes. So I think that um, preserving our stories and the stories of the women that came before us is a very important thing to do. And that's why we're here. I agree. Yes. So should we get right into it? We can get right into Definitely. it. Okay. So today um, we are talking about actresses and STEM. Um, because I'm sure, as, as everyone knows, there's, um, there's a shortage of women in STEM careers. And is that because men have historically kept women down and out of these careers? Partly. Um, is it because some women don't think that they are smart enough to pursue these careers? I think that plays into it as well. And that's... Um, that's that's uh, that's perception. That's a historical perception that um, some things are left for men and other things are left for women. And by engaging girls in STEM classes and getting them interested in STEM careers is going to change that dynamic. Um, and I think it is changing that dynamic. So what what we've decided to do is talk about some famous actresses that you may or may not know um, actually went to college and either graduated with degrees in STEM or they began degrees in STEM. Um, and some of these I thought were very interesting and, and I had no idea when I started doing the research. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> so um, hopefully, uh, hopefully you learned something today and you enjoy what, uh, what we have found. Yes. Sure. I did by some of these. Some, a couple I actually kind of knew, um, but a few of them shocked me, and I was very interested by. And you know, I get to work every day in the STEM environment. Not that I have anything to do with IT, but I work with the career services side of ITs, and the majority of the people I work with are men. Very, very little are women, and I see the difficulties they have trying to adjust to a pretty much male dynamic. Dynamic. Oh my goodness, I'm tripping over my words. Y'all get used to that. I trip over my words. My brain goes faster than my mouth. But I see the difficulty of trying to find a place in a world that really is so male dominated that if you don't see yourself represented, it's hard to see your place in it. And how many little girls, we don't do good at math. We're not math people. I remember when we were in school, we used to joke about it all the time. Come on. You and I shared, we shared a math book. What was it? Geometry book that we shared because one of us, it was algebra because one of us lost it. We used to put notes in it. It was you that lost it. 
Yeah, and because I'm, I am not a math person. I never have been. I, I am, I am one of those people that math does not click, and and that's a real thing. Um, but I, I mean, actually, that my fear of math kept me from pursuing college um, out of high school. I did not go to college until I was 37 years old. And well, okay, I'm dating myself because. I'm not 37 now, but, but I was, I was 37. Yeah. We were told that math wasn't for girls. Like I was scared to death of math. And I think, I can't prove it, but I think that held me back a little bit. I was so afraid of it that to this day, I still say, I don't math. I still sit in meetings with all these IT people and say, I don't IT. I don't even try to learn. Well, here, but do you know what's do you know what's funny? Because I think the two of us went um, in sort of different ways. Like going back to when we were sharing that algebra book, okay? Because I know that you had to get good grades. If your grades were not good, there was there was issues, and I <laughs> I failed algebra two. I failed it twice. I I just I couldn't get it. And um, you, however, passed those classes. You studied hard and you passed those classes. We went different ways. I was, I was paralyzed by what I didn't understand. You forced yourself to understand it. And even though you might now say, oh, I don't math, you do math, though. You do because you, you, you will take on the task and you will work it until you understand it. And I'm not saying that I will run away from a task, but um, I will say that I have let my fear of uh, of math, of STEM, of stuff like that, I have let it inhibit inhibit me in things that I will do or try. Um, but I know you have the intelligence to do it. But I know you can do it because I know you have a logical mind. So it's so strange. We're two women of a certain age. Of a certain age, and I do hope I do hope that it's changing. And I do think that some of these women that we're going to talk about today have a little bit to do with that. So let us get us back on top. Let's let's go. Okay, so um, so the first actress that I that I kind of want to talk about since we have been talking about math is Danica McKellar, and uh, some of us, some of you who maybe closer to closer in age to us will remember watching her as uh winnie was it winnie cooper on the wonder years um and she you know she watching her on the show you kind of watched her grow up a little bit she she went from the little smart girl in class to being the love interest for fred savage's character and um when the show Went off the air uh, she went to college and she got her degree in mathematics and she's the author of at least five books on mathematics where she is the, the focus of these girls or of, of these girls of these books are to encourage girls to take math classes and not be afraid of them um like a couple of a couple titles of her books are math doesn't suck uh, girls get curves geometry takes shape and kiss my math, which I, I like. I like that title. I think that's cute. Um, and I honestly wish that there had been books like this when I was in high school. And I was 
trying to learn algebra and I was trying to make sense of the letters and the numbers being together. Um, and, you know, when I took geometry, you know, if I, I just really wish that there had been something geared toward me to say, hey, this isn't scary. You can do it. Don't listen to everybody else. It's, it's going to be okay. And, you know, I mean, we didn't have that. We didn't have books like that when we were in school. Um, so she, she's, to me, it's, it's very interesting, too, because she, you know, she went to UCLA. Um, and when she was an undergrad, she actually, she co-authored a, a scientific paper uh, with one of her professors and a fellow student. Um, and the paper, forgive me, because this is way out of my field, but it's titled Percolation and Gibbs States Multiplicity or ferro, Ferromagnetic Ashkin Teller Models. And then the results of this um, have been termed the Chase McKellar Wynn Theorem. She did this as an undergrad. She has a mathematical formula named after her. My mind was blown by that. I had no idea. I knew she was writing books, but I had no idea that she was, you know, she was actually making the grade in college. She really, it, it just blew my mind, blew my mind. Yeah. And this is like, okay, so when I first looked it up, I thought it had something to do with coffee or something because, you know, per percolation. <laughs> I was like, and I don't even drink coffee. I was like, okay, so like it tells you like the ideal temperature for percolation or something. So then, of course, I work for IT. So all that's in the news is like chat GPT AI. So it's like in the AI thing. And I was like, okay, tell me what this theorem means for dummies. Like dumb it down and... And then it gave this long theory and I was like, okay, you need to dub it down a little bit more. So I finally got it down to a few sentences. So this is what that all you just said actually means. So what this means is if you have a drawing of dots and lines called a graph, what this tells you is it tells you whether it's if all those dots and lines are actually connected. So if you have all these connecting dots, the more lines you have, the more likely they are connected. That's pretty much what it means in a nutshell. Um, so more dots and lines, more likely they're connected. So that works. Um, and it's interesting, you were talking about if they'd had titles like that for a book on math, how that would have attracted you and made you want to read it, which I think it would have me too. But what's interesting is she got a lot of criticism for using those types of titles to get girls to read the books. It was considered stereotypical. And that's where her, a lot of criticism has been attached to her is curves for algebra. Um, you're using stereotypes against girls to get them to use math. It's kind of like, well, I mean, what do you think of that? For me, I'm kind of like, it makes sense, but I can get where the criticism comes from too. But 
you used these methods to keep girls from doing it. She's just using your own methods against you to get them to. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, exactly. Exactly. The, the things that have kept girls away from math. Oh, you know, you're too girly. It's that's not for you. You know, that's that's what she's using to say, yeah, you are too girly. Let's look at this math stuff. It's kind of cool, you know, and that's I think. I don't know. I don't know if I would say that she deserved that criticism. I, I don't think she did. I think that whatever you need to do to engage somebody, I mean, as long as it's legal and it's safe and it's not going to hurt anybody, what's wrong with that? You know, so, but, so, she, so by using that hook to get girls to come, you know, explore their brainy side versus their, oh, I'm too pretty for this side. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I, and I, I think she did a really good job of it, actually. I, I really do. Um, she glammed it up. She made math glamorous. And that's, I think, very, very interesting. So I'm, I'm on board with it. it. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I, I fully, yeah, nothing, nothing wrong. It reminds me of, oh gosh, Reese Witherspoon and the lawyer. And I'm going to carry my little dog and yes. have my pee and yes. be a lawyer. Yes. She may be a lawyer. Yes. Cool. Who am I thinking of? What Legal, are we thinking legally of? Legally blonde. Legally blonde. That's the legally movie. Legally blonde. Yes. She may well be a lawyer. You could be pretty and yes. and still be a lawyer. She brought her own but personality yeah. into that. Mm-hmm. You can also be the buttoned up friend of hers, who, well, who ends up being her friend at the end, and be a serious lawyer as well, too. So you could be who you want. Which kind of leads us who you're going to talk about next. You can be your nerdy, authentic self. Right. Yes. I, next Next up on my list is is um, Mayim Bialik. Um, again, people who are close to our age will remember watching her in the TV show <laughs> Blossom alongside her um, super cute TV brother, Joey Lawrence. Oh. <laughs> So we have a, a, a nice, what do they call them? We can't do a round of applause. But we're going to have a sigh button. We're going to have a sigh button. <sighs> yeah, because all the girls, yes, everybody had a crush on, on Joey Lawrence in those days, definitely. I'm pretty sure I had six or seven posters. Which I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> but she, so, so Maya Bialik, you know, she, she started acting as a child. Okay. Um, her, her very first role was in the movie Pumpkinhead. And I don't know if you saw that movie. I saw that movie. I, I don't remember her in that movie, which is. I don't remember her in that. Well, I barely remember that movie. I probably had my head hidden. Good point. I mean, yeah. Do you remember watching? What was that movie? You threw a tissue box at my head. Oh, it was you that, that was Hellraiser. Right? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Those were the Hellraiser movies. Okay. Dina does not do scary yeah. movies, everybody. She's she does not enjoy them. Um. <laughs> and yes, she did throw a tissue box at my head. Yeah, during a jump scare. And it worked because she jumped and screamed really loud. I, we enjoy watching Dina watch scary movies <laughs> more than Dina enjoys watching scary movies. 
but no. So I was probably hidden when she was in Pumpkinhead, so I wouldn't remember. Probably, her. yeah. I I really don't remember her in that movie. Um, but she did. Um, she went on to um do she did a couple like guest appearances on the show The Facts of Life. Um, she had a recurring role on the show Webster. These are other shows that um that Gen Xers grew up with. Um, she then starred. Um, she had two shows. Um, well, it was it was the show before Blossom. It was called Malloy, and I guess I don't even remember the show, but I guess it flopped after a few episodes. Um, and then she was almost like like she was like recording simultaneously with Blossom, and Blossom is the show that took off for her. Um, and uh, another thing she did, um, another thing she did when she was younger than the the Blossom character was um, she. She was in the movie Beaches. She played uh, a young Cece Bloom, which was Bette Midler's character. So if you've never seen Beaches, uh, it's a movie that stars Barbara Hershey and Bette Midler. And I'm going to recommend probably two or three boxes of tissues. And you're going to want to watch it with your best friend because it is a movie. It's a movie about friendship and it's and, and how it grows and evolves and changes throughout the years. And how your true friends are your friends, no matter what. And it's it's a really beautiful story. But she, um, oh my she God. yeah, she she, Maya Bialik as CC Bloom, child CC Bloom was fantastic. I, I I would even go as far to say she she basically stole the movie. Um, Bette Midler oh, had definitely. to kind of like base her character oh, off and, of her. <laughs> so. And you will not you will not throw the tissues. You, no. will you will use, use the tissues. <laughs> you will use Even the tissues. Yes. Tissue. Yes. You will cry and cry and cry some more. Definitely. Um, but getting getting back to to Miss to Miss Bialik, um, she, after after Blossom went off the air, she went to UCLA, and she wanted to um, pursue her academic dreams. She studied neuroscience. This woman studied neuroscience I, I i'll say it again neuroscience <laughs> um and she she earned that degree in uh 2000 and not only did she study neuroscience she minored she had two minors she minored in hebrew and jewish studies and those are very personal to her because she is uh she's a daughter of jewish immigrants from i think israel or i think from israel um and she she has said she she said that she didn't have the grades to make it into med school, and I'm also kind of shocked by that. But instead of med school, she she just decided to stick with neuroscience, and she got her doctorate. So she doesn't have the grades for med school to be an MD, but she does have the grades to get her PhD in neuroscience. Okay, <laughs> that's. Uh, that's an an incredibly complex field and she she says that um she got her doctor of philosophy from ucla uh, which was her alma mater for her undergrad in uh 2007 and um i'm going to get into what her dissertation was so bear with me it's a lot of uh, words that i don't understand but we're going to try <laughs> uh, her dissertation was titled hypo hypothalamic regulation in relation to maladaptive, obsessive-compulsive, affiliative, and 
satiety, satiety, being satiated, okay, uh, behaviors in Prater-Willi syndrome. So she was studying this, this syndrome, Prater-Willi, and I, I looked it up to see what that was. And basically, it's um, that you're, you're kind of born without the thing that makes you feel full. So you're starving all the time. These, these children are always hungry. Um, and so it, it unfortunately leads to complications such as obesity and type two diabetes. And yeah, I think so. I think what she was studying was, um, what triggers, um, the maladaptive behaviors, the obsessive compulsive behaviors, things of that nature. Um, let me, let me double check. Cause I, I, I looked it up and I was trying to get it. Um, I, I used, I used Bing's chat AI <laughs> to try and find, um, to try to, to try to find it. So I have, let's see. <laughs> All right. So, um, I, yeah, I didn't really, I couldn't find anything about her paper. I could just find stuff. Uh, I, I could just find things related to what Prader-Willi syndrome is. Um, but it, it says it's a behavioral phenotype that affects four domains. Food-seeking related behaviors, uh, traits that indicate lack of flexibility, oppositional behaviors, and interpersonal problems. Um, and I think, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like, it, it seems like um, children and, and people that have this this disorder um, may, may maybe be having all of these, you know, like like acting out symptoms, you know, symptoms and and you know personality. I don't want to say disordered, but, but, you know, they might be angry and they're probably angry because they're hungry and they can't, they can't fill themselves up. And I know, you know, not, not to make light of that, but I can tell you when I'm hungry, you have like half an hour before I am a different person. If I don't get something to eat, I am a completely different human being. Um, but um, Maya Bialik uh, has studied this. This was her dissert dissertation. This is what she got her, her PhD on this particular subject. So that leads me to think that she has studied this um, extensively, extensively, which is amazing to me. Like, like she's, she's out there doing like this, this I, I would say groundbreaking work in, in a field that is absolutely male dominated and, I find it, I find it amazing. And she is, um, she's very outspoken. She's, she's still, uh, she's still a quite famous celebrity. I mean, she's, she, uh, the, the younger generations will, will know her as Dr. Amy Farrah Fowler from the Big Bang Theory, um, which is a fantastic show. She's a fantastic character. Um, she, she also does voice acting. She was, she had, uh, I think a part in Kim Possible, um, some other cartoons. Um, well, she has a show on the air right now. She just started a new show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's she's co-hosting Jeopardy. Well, that and she has a new comedic show because it had, a, oh, my little Southern gentleman. What's his name that just passed away? Oh, Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan was on the show with her. 
I can't remember the name of it. Um, yes, um, I think she. She also um, she also has a podcast. She's a podcaster too, um, and her yes. podcast is called um, My and Alex Breakdown, and that focuses on mental yes. health issues, which is something else that she's extremely extremely um, outspoken about. She's an advocate for mental health, and that is that's a whole that's a whole nother episode, folks, because mental health is a whole nother thing that. Um, that we could go on and on about and and about, you know, things that were done to women, atrocities that were done to women uh, in mental health facilities way, you know, not even that far back in time. I was going to say way back when, but not even that far back. <laughs> um, but that's yeah. a whole that's a whole nother show. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, it's interesting. for her Danica, and some of the other ones that we're going to talk about. Um, still coming up. Not only are they doing these amazing things that you know, as we talked about the hidden act of stuff that they're doing in STEM, they're still active actresses. They're still out there doing this, and some of the challenges that they've talked about that most of us understand as, as women is the challenge of motherhood work. I mean. Um, Sam is a single mom. So she's she's doing this in single motherhood on top of on top of all of this. And one of the reasons that she's really like really one of my favorite well, there's two reasons. One, the Big Bang Theory has a special place in my heart and my family. Just some some of the personal dynamics we have in our family that that family that that show brought my family together there was a there was an element of that show that every person in my five member family related to and we just we just had a blast with it um that was our family show that we wanted to all together um and she was a special character but also her honesty around her struggles and what she faced um and the need to kind of be a little living up to the ex- expectations of the world, the the expectations of a woman. What's expected? Oh, there I go, tumbling over my words. I know what I'm trying to say. What a woman should look like. What a woman be. She's not in the ideal of what beauty is supposed to look like, and it kind of leads into. The next person on our list who talks about her struggles with perfectionism and the challenges of living up to being perfect and feeling the need to be perfect, which is something that I personally, and you know this knowing me as well as you do, is the idea of that I have to live up to this idea that I have to be perfect in everything I do, this unattainable ideal standard that even though logically I know is unattainable I still try to do it so I know that uh, Natalie Portman is next up on our list and which was a little shocking to me I didn't think of Natalie Portman in STEM so yeah I'll let you take the so lead on this one so Natalie Portman um she actually she's got her bachelor of science in psychology and she got that from Harvard. She went to Harvard. Oh. Okay. 
and and she even which she she also she enrolled in college under her given birth name she did not enroll as natalie portman she didn't want any kind of special treatment based on any of any past fame that she had acquired so she used um her birth name which is her schlag um she's also um natalie portman is also of jewish descent and um and she wanted to do that to protect her privacy and to um deter special treatment um and this like in, in my research something that i thought was kind of funny is that and she finds it funny too she was a senior at harvard when mark zuckerberg of uh, facebook and meta you know fame was a freshman so you know he invented this he invented facebook as a freshman in harvard at harvard and she says she is extraordinarily thankful that she had her college experience before social media because being who she was every single facet of whatever she did would have been blasted all over social media um she oh, she yes. would not have she wouldn't have been able to sit in class without people having their phones trained on her, you know? And, and that's, I, I, I don't know how I, I have, I, I have a lot of respect for celebrities that are going to college and, and living, trying to live semi normal, normal lives now because social media is literally, it's just everywhere and everything they do is documented. So she's grateful that all of that, was after she was done with college um but she uh she was very um she took her studies very very seriously we'll, we'll say that and she um she wrote a paper as an underground uh, undergrad that debunked a new method of lie detector tests that at that at that time um uh, for a class that was run by Professor Alan Dershowitz, and she actually worked as his research assistant for um, some time during her her school. And um, I don't remember the specifics of the paper, but I think it had to do because because remember she's a psychology she's a psychology major, and she was um, I believe this class was a criminology class. So I'm going to guess, I, I'm going to use what critical thinking skills I have, and uh, I'm just going to guess that the paper she wrote had something to do with um, people's behaviors while they're taking a lie detector test to determine whether or not they're telling you know the truth or lying. And um, whatever she wrote completely debunked what was happening. And so lie, lie detector tests had to be made differently because of her research, which I think is very, um, very fascinating. Um, she also co-authored, I'm sorry. Definitely. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Um, <laughs> she also co-authored, um, a published, uh, paper. I, I think was that it, it was, it's, it's not just a paper, but it was an article, like a peer reviewed journal article. She co she co-authored, um, and this paper was titled Frontal Lobe Activation During Object Permanence, Data from Near-Infrared spect uh, Spectroscopy. Um, and she wrote that in 2001 as an undergrad. And um, that's pretty, you know, that's pretty interesting too. Like, like that's obviously like when, when you hear object permanence, you know that that's something that's relating to um, infants because, you know, there's, there's certain age where, um, 
if you hide your face, you hide your face from an infant and they don't, you no longer exist. You hide from an infant, you, you're not there anymore. They, you don't exist. So it's, it's because they don't have that sense of, of just because I can't see something doesn't mean it's not there anymore. Um, so she was, she was working with that. Like when, you know, when does, you know, what part of the brain is being used in, you know, developing object permanence, which I think that's freaking amazing as well. <laughs> I mean, um, like the, these are like, these are very, um, they're very in-depth, it's very in-depth subject matter. And you think, oh, oh, look at her. She's just a pretty actress. Like she doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't have any actual thoughts. Well, no, she actually, she actually does. And she's looking at you and hearing everything you say. And she's analyzing you because she has the degree to do that. She knows what she's talking about, you know, and, and like, like me and Bialik, my and Bialik, you know, she has a degree. Like if she's telling you, Hey, you know what? This, this, blah, 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 blah. This, 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 and this means this, 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 and this. Guess what? Believe her. She knows what she's talking about. And that's something else that I think we run into is, is with actresses, models, um, you know, anybody is, uh, women is, you know, just, you just be a pretty face. You just, all you need is a pretty face. You don't need anything else in life. And these women are saying, yeah, you know what? I might be pretty, but I have a brain too. And I think that that's really empowering. And it's, it's, it's sets up um, little girls to know that you don't have to just be pretty. Like you can be beautiful. Of course you're beautiful, but guess what? You're smart too. And it's okay to be smart. And, and something um, Natalie Portman has been quoted as saying is I'd rather be smart than a movie star. And that's something that is interesting too. Interesting too, because, you know, obviously she has, you know, this, this insane talent, you know, for acting and she is, um, she's out there, you know, using this talent. She's making a lot of money, but um, she doesn't need it because she knows that she's smart. She can fall back on her schooling. You know, she, she could, she could retire from acting and open private practice and, and be a psychologist and counsel people. And she'd probably be pretty good at it. So. I wish that was a quote that you heard more, that you knew more, but that, you telling me that quote the other day was the first that I'd ever heard it. And, you know, and I, I listened to you and I think of another trend that I see, and I see it a lot in career services women and um, people of color and that kind of stuff, we have a tendency to really stress our degrees and our, our backgrounds. Like we make sure that if we have a doctorate, we put that, that doctor in front of our name. If we have initials that need to go at the back, we make sure we put that because we feel like we have to justify that we did our studies, that we we have that background and even you feel like the need to say they have that degree to back that up because we feel like we have to show and prove that we say what we're saying instead of just saying, look, I'm saying this, trust me that I know what I'm talking about. We feel like we have to justify that we know what we're talking about. And that's sad to me. That's sad. We, 
should just be able to take their word that they know that they're talking, what they're talking about. And it's just, it's just a sad, I look at my girls, they're so smart. And my son is so smart and none of them should ever have to justify what they're saying that they have a degree. They, they've looked and they've studied, but I, I realized that's life and that that's the way it goes, but it's just, it makes me sad. It right. just, it just, it just, I, I, no, I, I absolutely, I understand what you're saying. Um, it's, uh, it is sad. And I think especially, okay. So in, in, in this, this age that we're living in, which is very anti-science, very anti-intelligence because it's elitism like oh oh you have a degree well, you're not better than me you know and, and no having a degree doesn't make you better than better or worse than anyone but pursuing studies obtaining a degree obtaining that knowledge that does give you a leg up like uh, I, I get very frustrated with this because you know somebody that is just doing cursory research on Google and then deciding that they have a, an academic background and they know what they're talking about versus somebody who has a PhD in the sub in the subject or, and you know, they have their MD or their, their Juris doctorate, if they're a lawyer or something, that person is the authority, not you, not, not, you know, just because you go to Google university, you know, and that's something that really drives me insane. And I think that's that's why, especially now, when you do have the credentials, you're going to say you have the credentials to, to shut that other nonsense down. And um, it's I, I think even like we need it even more now. Just being able to defend yes, yes. But, but I think like, like I, I understand. Yeah. And, but I, I think like what we're talking about now with actresses that have, have pursued STEM degrees, we need that more now. Because there is such a prevalence of, um, you know, of, of science being bad, of, of degrees being bad, of school being bad. And, and we, need to, we need to remind all of our young people, not just our girls, that, hey, being smart is sexy. Being smart is a good thing. You know, pursuing your studies is a good thing. And if you don't want to go to college, you don't have to go to college. Because, you know, I mean, obviously trade schools are fantastic as well and we and we need we need trades we need trades and we need yeah. you know we, we need degree paths we need we need trade paths we need career paths and not one of them is better than the other you know i'm not, I'm not going to say that that one of them is better than the other but i am going to say that when you have based your career on research academic research maybe you do know a little more of what you're talking about than somebody that doesn't and uh and I feel like I'm getting way off topic now. <laughs> I'm like going to get into rant. Depending on the topic, depending on the subject. I will agree with you, but it depends on the subject. <laughs> depends on the subject. <laughs> but yes, I do think it needs to be made. STEM needs to be made sexier. And these actresses have definitely made it sexier. <laughs> it yeah, Which brings us to all of your sexy honorable mentions oh, my honorable mentions yes um yeah they like these are, are people that <laughs> these are actresses and stuff that you know they they did they studied stem too 
and not that they, you know, just because, you know, maybe you didn't get your PhD, you, you know, deserve to be on my list or anything. I'm just, uh, I mean, we could talk about this for hours. I could, I could find you, I could find you pages and pages and pages of, of women that have studied and, and whatever. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm just, I'll move on. <laughs> Honorable mention number one <laughs> is, uh, Miss Ava Longoria. Um, which this surprised me be, and, and I am so guilty of thinking like, Oh, she's just a, a famous, she's just an actress. She's just famous for being a beautiful woman. And she actually, she has her master's degree in Chicano studies. And she got that from Cal state university at Northridge. Um, her thesis I think is so important and I really want to read it, but I couldn't find a link to it anywhere. But her thesis was called success stems s t e m from diversity the value of latinas in stem careers and dina you you touched on this a little bit about um you know the the male dominated field um and and representation i know you mentioned representation and and that's so so okay so not only are women underrepresented in stem careers but women of color are, are even more underrepresented in STEM careers. And um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this by saying that I am a, I'm a cis white female. So I, I do not have the, I don't have the experience, the life experience to speak on what people of color endure in society. Uh, but I will say that I have eyes. I have eyes in my head. And I can see that there is not proportionate representation at all. So that has to change. And I think studies like what, like this, like what Ava Longoria did, her, this thesis, that draws attention to how much better STEM could be, how much, how much, like, like what, what, what insights are we losing because we don't include people of color? Well, definitely. Look at the IT world when you're when you're building a program to work, an AI program or something like that to anticipate needs or, or what's doing it. Have to be able to anticipate the needs of all backgrounds, all diversity, all areas. And I second everything that she said there. This gender, all of all of the above. You know, I haven't walked in those shoes. I can't say, but I too have eyes and, and can see what's around me. And I think you have to have a voice from every every area to ensure that what program you're building or, or what you're doing is going to fit as well as it can the needs, the needs of society as a whole. Amen to that. I agree with that. And uh, it's... I agree with that. Um, like, like something that I would, I probably in later episodes, um, I, I really want to do like a deep dive on the women that the movie Hidden Figures is based on. And I, am sure that I'm sure that was based on a book. I want to read the book. Um, and I want to talk about those women because those women, you know, that those, those women, obviously they repeat, they're, they're women of color and they were groundbreaking in what they did for NASA. It was absolutely, it's absolutely amazing 
that without those women, without those women, we, we, we wouldn't have had, they, they would not have had the outcome they had, had those women not existed, had those women not had the opportunity to pursue their studies. And the saddest thing to me is that there are still so many people of color, men and women, that do not have the opportunity to pursue their studies, to pursue studies if that's what they want to do. And it's, we're, we're, we're just, we're losing we're losing so much by by the opportunities not being available for them. I mean, they're they're. Agree. It's it's just it, it just breaks my heart that that it, that society seems. I, I'm you know what society it doesn't seem society is designed to keep people of color in an oppressed state, and um, it needs it needs to change, and we can say that it needs to change. I don't know what steps need to be taken to to make the change. That's above my pay grade. But um, but we are missing out. We are definitely missing out. There are so many voices that just are not heard, and it it it's heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. So, well, we're taking steps in starting to acknowledge, and I do I do say that. Um, we have a long way to go. We have a long way to go. All right. Who is our second honorable mention? Well, uh, that would be Terry Hatcher, um, also from the same same television show that um, made Ava Longoria famous, uh, Desperate Housewives. Um, Terry, uh, she actually she took a degree course in mathematics and engineering at uh, looks like I have. Dianza College in Cupertino, California, and her father was a nuclear physicist and an electro and an electrical engineer. Um, so she kind of was following in his footsteps when she began her um, she began her degree course. Um, my research says that she didn't uh, she she didn't continue with that course because um, I believe she. Uh, I don't know if she joined a theater production and discovered a love of acting, but I know that she did switch her focus to acting at some point. And I think you have a little more. Did you have a little more on, on her than I did? I think. Yeah, I did. I looked it up and it said that she had, she had taken a drama class and fell in love. And that prompted her to change degree and move to San Francisco. And join the American Conservatory Theater and pursue her passion. And it kind of reminded me of all these women and women in general, the fact that they have a choice. They had a choice. They, you know, for her, unlike some of these other women, they chose to pursue both, which was wonderful. Remember when women didn't have a choice to do any of them, <laughs> you know? So here's all these women that got to do acting and pursue science. And she chose to, maybe she went into science because that's what her family did. And then she took this acting class and was like, you know what? this is more me. This is what I love. And obviously had family or maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm making assumptions, 
but she either with or without her family support said, sorry, science, I'm an actress and I love this. And up she went and did and made a choice. And you know what? Go her. I think that's amazing. And then when you were, when I was doing my research, when you gave me the honorable mention, I have to admit, admit, I'm still a growing learning person because I still have my biases and my judgmental nature, as my husband says, don't be a Judy, which I had to ask him what that meant. He meant, don't be a judge Judy. Um, he did that when I was looking at a woman that walked in a restaurant. He said, don't be a Judy. I guess I was looking at her weird. That's because I thought I knew her. I was trying to figure out how I knew her. He thought I was judging the way she looked. I just thought I knew her. I'm still pretty sure I knew her. Anyways, the next one on your list is Cindy Crawford. And you talk about her um, deciding to be a model instead of what she went into. And I have to admit, my first thought was a little judgy. It's like, oh, yeah be a model. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. I just cheered for Terry Hatcher. But then the skinny model, I was like, so I had to rein my own thoughts back in and admit that I, I'm being a little jealous and judgy. So for the record, go Cindy too, if that's what you want to do. But what's Cindy? Like, I, I'm ju- I just want to say, you know, good for you for taking ownership of your own biases. You know, because we, we we all have biases, all of us do, whether whether they're acknowledged or they're subconscious, they exist. And the more yes, yes. you acknowledge, you know, it, it, am I am I looking at this objectively or am I looking at this through a biased lens? I think that's I mean that's a sign of, of growth, intellectual, emotional, everything. So it's it's good to take to take you know take ownership and say you know what this this was my own personal bias and. You know, I, I recognize that this is a bias, so I'm going to stop it, and I'm going to try and look at this more objectively. I think that's fantastic. So go, Dina. So, <laughs> um, okay, so Cindy Crawford. Like, I, I really don't have a lot about her. I just have that she started as a chemical engineering major at Northwestern University. Northwestern. These are Ivy League schools that these, you know, that these women are going to. And, and this is before... This, I mean, like at least for Cindy Crawford, it's before she was famous. She got into that school on her own merit because she was smart enough to get into that program. And that says a lot. And yeah, she she dropped out of the program to pursue modeling. And I mean, why wouldn't you? She was beautiful. She's she's still beautiful. She's still beautiful. She's a, she was a supermodel. It was a good choice for her. So good for her. Yeah. Absolutely good for her. And but she started out in STEM. She started out as a chemical engineering major. Engineering, as as a field in itself, that's isn't that the E in STEM? Isn't that what that stands for? Yeah, that it's is. Up. It's not for the. It's not for the faint of heart. It's it's really not. Like you have to. You gotta want to be an engineer. You really. I have a cousin who's an engineer, and um, like he's. I it's. I call him the rocket scientist because he has. You know, I think he's he's worked for NASA, but I, I I can't even I can't even fathom the 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 intense program that he had to go through with school to to earn his degree, and 
more power to him because that's Amen. not that's not the life I want. I don't want that life, but I'm glad somebody does. <laughs> so yeah. um, so next next on my list, this one shocked me to like my shoes, like to the core of me. I was completely blown away. Um, my, the next person on my honorable mentions is Lisa Kudrow and the Lisa Kudrow that played Phoebe Buffay in Friends and she played Ursula also in Friends but she was Ursula in I think Planned Parenthood with um, Helen Hunt that show not Planned Parenthood what's what show was Helen Hunt in oh my gosh she was with um, Paul Reiser Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser what show was that oh that was um, what the heck show was that? Like oh my gosh. Well, my perimenopausal brain has just made me say, nope, can't remember. But anyway, she was on that show. <laughs> um, and she played the character, <laughs> I Ursula. Her, I yeah, i mad about you. It was mad about That's you. It. Where the heck did I get Planned Parenthood? I, I have. Was she was mad about you? She was in Mad About You. She played Ursula, Phoebe Buffet's twin. Or she played Ursula Buffet. Yeah. She was Ursula on that show. She she played she was an annoying waitress. She was Ursula the waitress, <laughs> but it was Ursula, and she then was on Friends and she continued the crossover with that character. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so so Lisa Kudrow, Lisa Kudrow went to Vassar, ladies and gentlemen, Vassar, and 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 I'm going to put this out there too. She still sits on their board. She's on the board of Vassar to this day. So, yeah she's yeah she's she's still there so she got her bachelor of science in biology which um that is it's a tough field i mean, biology is hard i i mean you know I, I worked in the medical field for a very very long time and i i guess I, I could have progressed i worked in lab medicine um i could have decided to to become a medical lab technician or technologist uh, but I didn't want to because you had to have either a, a BS in biology or chemistry. And I just, I didn't want to. That's, I did not want to. Absolutely no thank you. Um, but she did that. She got her BS in biology uh, from Vassage, or from, from Vassage, from Vassar College. <laughs> <laughs> episode one, y'all. It's episode <laughs> <We're> one. <laughs> um <laughs> So she was intending to become an expert on headaches, like her father. Um, I think her father's name was Lee Kudrow. And while breaking into acting, she was working for her father. And she did this for eight years. She worked with her father studying headaches. Um, she earned a research credit on his study on, the, uh, on uh, it was the comparative likelihood of left-handed individuals developing cluster headaches. Like, that is such a specific study tactic like, like, like that's that's such a, a narrow field like i'm left-handed i do not get cluster headaches i get migraines but i don't have cluster headaches um so i was like really just intrigued by that but but part of part of the research that she did while working for her father directly contributed to this study and that i think is it's amazing like like if, if you have not ever tried to get an article published in a journal, you have no idea how hard it is. Like it is yeah. a process. It's especially if, if you want it to be in a credible 
academic journal. It's got to be peer reviewed. So you go through, uh, you go through a couple different stages where multiple committees of your peers are reading your your article, and then they're going out and and doing their own research to see if they're coming to the same conclusions, and they basically decide if you're full of it or if you know what you're talking about, and it's a long process and it's like you put your heart and soul into academic writing and uh it's not easy so 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 for these these like medical journals to accept these articles that that these women have worked on like natalie portman maya bialik uh danica mckellar lisa kudrow this is a big deal and you know maybe it's it's just because i you know, my heart is in is in academia. I I have my Bachelor of Arts in History. I love history. Um, I I want to I want to produce academic writing that is um, I don't know that, that that's in journals. I I would love to do that, and I know how hard it is, and so maybe that's why I geek out so hard over these women who have done it. And they, they, they've gotten their names in these journals. That's just absolutely fantastic and amazing to me. And you'll do it. You will. You will do it. You will. You will do it. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, I know you had, you had your own little list of, of actresses that, that, you were, that, that you wanted to talk about, that maybe they weren't STEM, but they're still engaged in STEM fields. I did. I did. So I found a list and we're not going to go through it on this podcast, but we are going to post it on the additional notes so that anybody who wants to do a little bit more research, but just some highlights on some that are on this list. We've got Miss Emma Watson, Miss Sigourney Weaver, uh, Queen. Latifah is on that list. Miss Meryl Street, just to name a few. So we have them that will be in our resources for those that are interested, along with some, um, just some 10 common challenges to women that have tried to get into STEM, such as, you know, just some of the things that we've touched on, you know, uh, bias and discrimination, lack of role models, imposter syndrome, the work-life balance, um, and, you know, educational there, access to funding, that kind of stuff. So we'll put those in our additional resources for those that want to follow up. But we have a, a special person of note that we want to kind of close out with. This is the OG woman in STEM, the OG, um, and that is is she's this all is, of us. Yes, she's the reason we're here. She's the reason we're doing this, Miss Hetty Lamar. Um, without whom there yes, would not, would not be on this podcast. there would not be podcasts. There would be no Wi-Fi. There wouldn't be GPS. Um, their, their cell phones, cell phone technology would not have advanced. There would be none of it without her. So she yeah. deserves all of the kudos 
from everybody forever, basically. Um, and let me let me tell you a little bit about Hetty, okay? Um, she was born Hedwig Ava Maria Keisler, November 19th, 1914. Uh, she passed away January 19th of the year 2000, okay? She was an Austrian-born American film actress and inventor. Uh, she was a film star during Hollywood's golden age, and she has been described as one of the greatest movie actresses of all time. But her passion and her joy was in tinkering and inventing things. That's what she wanted to do. Um, she had absolutely no formal training. This woman did not get a degree. She did not go to college. She was self-taught, self-taught. She basically invented Bluetooth technology. Like I said, Bluetooth, uh, um, GPS, Wi-Fi. I, I think um, she is probably the most important inventor of our time. Like whether, I mean, like like she took, she she may may not have like, she may have not like invented um, a, like a brand new product, but she took these ideas that were already there and she um, tinkered with them and she made them better and she produced greater things from them. Um, she, she one of the things that, that she did like during World War II, she felt compelled to contribute um, to, to the to the to the, to, to the ally war efforts. And she, uh, she, she did something called frequency hopper technology. Okay. And it was basically where she was taking, like she was, she was making it. So radar signals weren't showing up on enemy radars and it was by changing. It was by hopping frequency to frequency to frequency to frequency. And that is like the basic foundation of Wi-Fi and and everything that we use today that is the basic foundation of this um and she didn't do it by herself she worked with a man called george um i'm not sure if i'm george i'm not sure if i'm saying his last name correctly but i'm it looks like antheal it could be antile it, it could be a french name that, that i don't know how to pronounce it's spelled a-n-t-h-e-i-l for anybody that wants to look them up um but but they they developed this and it was a guidance system for allied torpedoes and it would um it, it, it was supposed to help defeat the threat of jamming by act by the Axis powers. And the U.S. Navy just kind of was like, yeah, okay, thanks, cool. And and didn't even use it. Didn't even use it. Like, they, they brought this out in the 1960s during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like, they sat on this technology for, like, you know, 20 years. Just was like, yeah, cool. Thanks, bro. Don't need it right now. You know? And, and, crazy. like, it is crazy because they, and then they told her like, well, you know what, you know what you can do for us. You really want to help. Why don't you, she get out, why don't you get on the stage and get people to buy war bonds? And she killed that too. She did. She, she raised millions of dollars for the war effort through, through getting people to buy war bonds. She was like, fine, that's how you want my help. I'll do it. And she did it. But, um, but, but, but the technology that she developed, I, I really wonder what it, could it have shortened the war? Could it have stopped like like France from being taken over by the Nazis? Uh, well, these are things that we'll never we'll never know. But I'm just saying, the Navy sat on this technology that probably could have helped. So that's on the Navy, not on Hetty. Hetty did her thing. Um, <laughs> she uh, she had um, she had quite an interesting life. Um, she was married multiple times to men that were very cruel to her. Um, yeah. She was married. One of her husbands 
was a Nazi arms dealer. Um, Mendel, I think his name was. And uh, he was, he was awful. He was just awful. Um, the only positive thing that she got from this marriage was the opportunity to like rub elbows with German generals and admirals. And um, it's believed that that's where she first heard about this military technology that she actually started, you know, looking into and trying to improve. Um, she took, basically, she took a, a movie deal to come to America, and that was her escape from that marriage. She just, she needed to get out of that marriage. He used to beat her. He was insanely jealous of her. He wouldn't let her act. He, like, basically kept her confined to the home. Um, so she had to get away from him. Uh, <laughs> um, so that this, this, and this patent that she held, that, that's, you know, is the basis for all the good things in our life now. It, it really was the basis of modern cell phone technology. Um, yeah, again, it's, it, it, form, it forms the basis of how mobile phones, fax machines, wireless communication, all of that stuff. It, it, her research did that. And I, I can't even, like, I can't express enough how amazing this woman was and how people just, like, have slept on her and what she did. Um, she was honored by Google on her 101st birthday with a Google doodle. Like, that's cool, you know. And I think she actually, <laughs> she wanted very, very much to be admitted to, um, I think that, I think it's, I could, I could have this completely wrong, but I believe it was the National Association of Inventors. It was something um, that, that she really wanted, and they, they just wouldn't let her in. And um, I, I believe she was admitted posthumously which you know okay great you finally admitted her but you know you, you couldn't do it when she was alive like seriously like you, you just you couldn't give it to her when she was was there um but she was this amazing amazing woman absolutely amazing um and and geez just to to escape an abusive relationship which by the way she not only was abused by her husband, dealt with Nazis, came to the United States, brought this technology, dealt with what you know she had to deal with Hollywood in the 40s and what we know of Hollywood in the 40s. She was abused by and sexually harassed by producers in her early career in Europe that we know of, who knows what happened to her in Hollywood, because we know what happened in Hollywood. She made a movie in Europe, um, and I can't think of the name of it, but it's a movie that she was kind of sexually exploited in, because it, it was the first depiction of the female orgasm on camera. And Jeez. that became like, everybody would be like, you know, everybody wanted to know about that with her and she didn't really want to talk about it. And, and apparently like, like the movie is, it's considered to be very artistic, a very artistic film. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. So, so, so the very beginning of her career was, you know, was that, and then, yeah, she, she was, she was, she was treated very much. So treated as a pretty face. And and, like and not much else, yeah, yeah. But something else that she like did. All the women who talked about yes. 
something else that she did that was interesting was designing she designed she designed a more aerodynamic airplane wing for howard hughes and she did that by studying the shapes of the fastest birds and fish that she could find to research so she improved airplane wings she improved traffic lights she like she did all the stuff like like maybe she didn't invent the airplane wing but she invented a way to make them faster you know and it's just what an observant person yes it's just amazing and i think all these women that we've we've talked about have have had you know have have been amazing in their own ways and they have made such contributions that um we, we would be the, the world the world would be a, a much darker place without the contributions of these women and and i i want to say that that the women that are out there right now in stem careers in stem programs in college you know they just were i'm grateful for them and 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 hopefully hopefully you know these these girls that are studying this in college will continue to stay in their their programs no matter how they they feel like they're being forced out and i'm really hoping that the more women that graduate these programs the more um companies that employ um that 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 do the the employment will hire more women and more um more 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 women of color like like not not only hire women but but make it let's make it diverse let everybody sit at the table let everybody have a voice there are some fabulous work that are doing exactly that and their youth organizations and definitely look into what Queen Latifah is doing and other people are doing and their women in tech they just wonderful organization. You know, on a personal note, my daughter is graduating this May with her degree in chemistry and I'm super proud of her and you know, and my my son may be a this white male, but he did just graduate with his degree in computer science, and I'm super proud of him too. And there's so much, there's so much room in STEM across the board. And to your to your point, in a general overall, I hope all, no matter their background, let's just be ethical in what we're doing in STEM, and let's. Let's consider all viewpoints, no matter what background we are coming from. Because as you said earlier, there's a seat at the table for everyone. And and let's make sure everyone gets that seat. And I, I'm I'm super agreement with it. And this was a super interesting, great way to start off our first one. Um I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see where we're going to go and how this turns out. Um, I'm super excited. And I love the idea to have a date with you. Uh, starting off bi-weekly, and hopefully we can get to weekly, depending on how you folks like this and and grow from there. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think the biggest takeaway is that I hope people – get from from listening to us talk for an hour <laughs> is that <laughs> <A little> uh, <laughs> yeah is that um women women are important and sexy is smart smart is sexy and and you know follow your dreams you know like you were saying like like 
like follow your heart, follow your dreams. If your dreams are in STEM, follow your dreams. If your dreams are somewhere else, hey, go somewhere else. That's cool too. Just, just, you know, I, I want, you know, I want people to, to understand that, you know, Hedy Lamar has, has made this possible for everybody. And I, you know, I want you to, to be able to look at, at some of these actresses and see beyond their pretty faces and see the brains that they have and, and see the, the, the human beings that they are, not just these glamorous objects. You know, they, they're, they're sentient beings with, with thoughts and, and brains and a desire to drive change. And that's, that's what I hope that people will, will take from this is that, you know, you're, you're more than just yeah. your, your pretty face. And if I could say for this episode and this show overall, I just want to pick up a show or watch TV. And when I hear about women, I want to hear more than about what they look like or what wearing. I want to hear about the great things they did, whether it was in acting or music or history or STEM or engineering or automatics or whatever it was in but women do things too and they have done things so as we go through this that's what I want to talk about what have women done outside of what did they wear and how did it look on them not to say we won't ever talk about that because I have some pretty yes you do (laughs) (laughs) yes you do Okay. Um, all right. uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on Working Girls today. If you know of a working girl we need to be discussing, that society is ignoring, needs to be highlighted, shoot us a message. Our contact information will be in the notes. Don't let women tall to the side of history anymore. Current, past, no more sitting pretty and being quiet. Please listen, download, subscribe, and share us with your friends. Check out our episode notes and our website for further information on today's topic. See you next time. Thank you for joining us on Working Girls today. If you know of a working girl we need to be discussing, that society has ignored, that needs to be highlighted, shoot us a message. Our contact information is in the notes. Don't let women fall to the side of history anymore. No more sitting pretty and quiet. Please listen, download, subscribe, and share us with your friends. Check out the episode notes and website for further information on today's topic. See you next time.